This episode of the Enhancement Talent is brought to you by Bret Hart's Excellence of Restitution Law Firm. Have you found yourself injured in a workplace accident, car accident, or been on the wrong end of a kick to the head from Bill Goldberg? Then give the hitman a call. He'll put the five moves of doom on any and all parties that have done you wrong. Act now, and you'll get a free pair of wraparound sunglasses with every victory. Bret Hart's Excellence of Restitution Law Firm. Licensed only in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Women have had a place in professional wrestling for nearly 100 years. Through that time, there have been many peaks and valleys when it comes to the world of women's wrestling. Through the golden age of the 50s, to the mainstream success of the 80s and 90s, women have taken a backseat to their male peers. But within the last 10 years, women's wrestling has undergone a major resurgence, and it has now taken its rightful place as a serious division within professional wrestling. Join us today on The Enhancement Talent as we celebrate the women who are responsible for making women's wrestling what it is today. This is our top 10 female wrestlers of all time. All right. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Enhancement Talent Podcast. I'm your host, the man in the rafters, the one they call Tony Lopez. With me, as always, one half of the uh, fabulous Lopez cousins, Dr. Bob Lopez. How you doing tonight, Bob? Doing great, sir. How about yourself? Doing all right. Doing all right. Uh, yeah, this particular episode that uh, we're bringing you tonight has been long in the making. Uh, for whatever reason, we've been running into technical issues trying to get this one on the air. But damn it, we're getting it through one way or another. We are getting this out there to our fans, to everybody. This is going to work. We are finally bringing this episode. And just like old school, we're doing it old school tonight. Uh, Adam, the the Warsaw Blonde, Adam Kolavik, out in beautiful Island Lake, Illinois, is not in beautiful Island Lake, Illinois this week. It's his daughter's spring break week. He took some time off, and he, his wife, and his two beautiful daughters are down in the land of quarantine wrestling, uh, Florida. They're down in Florida, Naples, Florida. I don't think they're anywhere near uh, Jacksonville. Um, I'm not sure where Naples is, to be honest with you, but I don't think it's anywhere near Jacksonville. So he's not going to be uh, down there watching any dynamite this week or anything. And I don't think he's by Tropicana Field either. So he's not going to be look, you know, part of the Thunderdome, even though they won't let anybody in there anyway. But he's in the thick of it, man. He's in the thick of uh, COVID wrestling. Yep. So hopefully he's having a good time, but you know, even without Adam, he still gave us his, uh, his votes this week and we will count them and comment on them just like we always do. Uh, this particular episode that we're going to do tonight, um, is one that, you know, we've been trying, we've been aiming to do for a long time. We just haven't gotten around to it. And I think it, it's apropos that we're getting into it now because we're coming up you know these are as we're recording these are the last days of march 
that are happening. Uh, we're recording this on the uh, on the evening of March 29th. And March, as a lot of you may know, is International Women's Month. And because of that, well, not because of that, it just happened to be, you know, coincidence, but it's beneficial that that's the case because tonight Bob and I are going to be going through the Enhancement Talents top 10 list of female wrestlers. Um, yeah, when you think of female wrestling, you know, female wrestling has been the thing since about the 1930s. Um, at first, it was kind of, uh, you know, on the undercard a lot. Uh, you know, in the 80s, it came back in, uh, but then it kind of petered out. The 90s, it was a weird period. You started getting more women involved, but it was more in like, a, you know, let's just say it, a sexist way. They were there to be eye candy for the mainly young male audience that uh, the Attitude Era was catering to. This was for WWF, WCW, ECW, all of them did this. Um, but then you get into the 2000s and everything starts changing. Um, well, for the most part, you know, you get WWE kind of uh, didn't really know how to make the transition. They kind of were still doing the, the the eye candy thing, but they were trying to get the division to kind of come into its own. Um, it was just kind of a weird period. But then you had uh, organizations like TNA that built um, a really good women's division out in Japan. They had really good women's wrestling going on. Um, you know, there were and then there were India, uh, India uh, federations that were coming in um, like places like Shimmer, stuff like that. They were focusing more on uh, women's wrestling that, you know, were much for the art form, just kind of just a lot for the better to get women's wrestling over. And then finally, within the last 10 years, WWE has really kind of gotten on board and, um, you know, kind of dropped the whole divas thing and have started a women's division within their own right. That is just as good, if not the best out there right now. So yeah, women's wrestling is definitely, um, definitely come into its own, especially recently with, uh, you know, the whole women's revolution that's gone on. Uh, Bob, when you think of women's wrestling, uh, what comes to mind with you? I mean, what 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 do you think sets it to, sets itself apart from everything else that pro wrestling uh, has to offer? I mean, you pretty much covered a lot of the bases with it. Um, you know, back back in the day, we grew up obviously in, in the early '80s, so. In, in the fourteen, uh, the nineteen forties and nineteen fifties, you know, you, it was when it started coming about. You had such legends like uh, Mildred Burke and, and Fabulous Moolah, you know, being the big names there. But it was only surrounded by like two or three, four, maybe five women that that ran the whole territory, and and that was it. Those were the big names. Then women's wrestling kind of petered away, and no one talked about it. And then here you come back in the eighties with the rock and wrestling era, and then it became a little bit of a thing again. And then it stopped. And then here we come back, like you said, in the Attitude Era. Maybe before that, actually, with, uh, you know, early 90s, we had uh, Alundra Blaze come out. It became a big thing again. WWF at that time was interested in re revamping the women's division. And then it stopped. And then the Attitude Era comes in around. You know, you got the Sables and the Sunnies and 
uh, the Jacqueline's, and then they bring it up again, and then it stops. And then all of a sudden, they decide, well, it's going to be around, but like you said, it was more eye candy um, for the for the male audience, unfortunately. But as things started to progress towards the later parts of the Attitude Era with the Lita's and the Trish Stratuses and you know, the, the women that you actually noticed, hey, these women can wrestle probably better than the men can. And then that's when you started to notice more. And like you said, uh, the the TNA impact, uh, the women that they had over there, they ran a really great uh, women's division over there. And then as time progressed, um, like you said, NXT was just the the place to go if you wanted to watch women's wrestling because they just became amazing. Uh, you know, they, they were stealing the show many nights from when the men would wrestle. And then after that, you just notice more and more and more that all those women were progressing over to the main roster. And now you have this... Um, evolution, as they called it, uh, of, of women's wrestling that's taken over. And you know what? A lot of times, like I said, their matches are maybe just as good or even better than what the men are. Some of them have are much better wrestlers or more athletic than the men are. And uh, some of them can cr- cut a greater promo than the men can. And it, it's just a fantastic thing to see, especially as time has progressed. Um, you know, it's, it's much well-deserved. Yeah, definitely. Well, without further ado, with that being said, you know, let's get into our list. Uh, Yeah, like we do every week, uh, what we do is me, Bob, and Adam, when he's here, uh, we do our own personal lists, and then we put them all together, compile it, and based on um, where we place it in our own personal lists, they're assigned a point value, and then those points go into how we have our list. Um, yeah, so there we go. We'll have it like we do. We'll do, uh, we'll go from 10 to one. And right before we get to our number one, we also have five honorable mentions. Those are five picks that got enough points, uh, didn't get enough points to make the top 10, but garnered enough points to get mentioned along with our top 10. So yeah, without further ado, let's get it right into the top 10 here of our Top 10 female wrestlers uh, at number 10 coming in with seven and a half points. Um, this particular uh, wrestler hat was on your list, Bob, as an honorable mention and was also on Adam's list at, at uh, number four on his personal list. We're talking about the boss, Sasha Banks, coming in at number 10, uh, Bob. You had her on your honorable mentions. What do you got to say about Sasha Banks? I really like Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks is a very, very talented um, female wrestler. Uh, what I like about her is you could put her in there with any of the top female wrestlers now, and she could put on a great match with any of them. Um, she, she's been around for, for a little bit of time, which is why I only put her in my honorable mentions, because to be honest... Um, I feel like she hasn't been around that long, especially when we're talking about the greatest women's wrestlers, our top 10 greatest women. Uh, but I think if we do this show in about five, 10 years, Sasha Banks will definitely be up there. Uh, she's collecting the accolades as we talk. Um, I mean, we're, we're talking about WrestleMania season coming up, and she's already being mentioned as one of the headliners for WrestleMania, which is fantastic uh, with her match coming up against Bianca Belair. Uh, she's a one-time NXT women's champion five-time Raw champion, one-time SmackDown women's champion, two-time women's tag team champion. Um, you know, she, she, she's just a lot of fun to watch. Um, 
she was involved in the first over uh, first ever women's 30 minute Ironman match um, where she was there. Then she was also a part of the first ever hell in the cell match uh, for, for women versus Charlotte flair. One of the great things about that was that was the first time a women's match ever headlined a male dominated pay-per-view for the WWE, uh, which was fantastic. Um, the WWE recently, last couple of years, they traveled over to Saudi Arabia uh, out in the Middle East. Women are not usually featured on shows like these. And uh, Sasha Banks was with Alexa Bliss. They were the first ever women's match to ever be uh, partake in the Middle East, which is, again, another fantastic uh, first for women, especially uh, nowadays. Uh, she was... The WWE in 2018 decided to do the first ever women's Royal Rumble. Sasha Banks was the number one entrant, you know, first ever women's entrant in a Royal Rumble match. Uh, she was a part of the first ever women's elimination chamber, uh, inaugural tag team champion with Bayley uh, when they won the women's tag belt. So it's just, there's so many fun qualifications that Sasha's getting. And I feel like she's still young in her career that there's so much more to expect out of her. And again, she's just a lot of fun to watch. I like how a lot of her career, she, she dedicates to Eddie Guerrero. So she uses a lot of his move lists and stuff. And that's a lot of fun to watch with her. So uh, she could do it all. She could work a mic. She could have a great match. Um, especially like I said, they put her in so many headlining pay-per-view matches. So she's a, uh, she's a great one to start off the, the show with. Yeah, definitely. Um, Adam thought highly of her. Like I said, he put her up at number number four on his personal list. Uh, she didn't make my list, but like you said, a lot of that had to do with her just kind of like being newer. You know, she's she has she's been around for for a few years now, and she's definitely a veteran. Um, I just thought that there there were some more in in the mix that had at this point done a little bit more than her, but. You know, that doesn't detract at all from what she's done no, in the time that she has been a wrestler. You know, she's just like I said, she's racked up, you know, championships. She's all these accomplishments, like you said, being, you know, in the first in the first women's Ironman match in the first Royal Rumble, all this stuff. You know, she's and definitely part of the the women's revolution. She's like one of the the pillars of it. You know, what, what they what they call them, the the four horsewomen. Yes. Uh, of that revolution what was it it's her becky lynch charlotte and um bailey who is it bailey yeah bailey you know you know the, those were the you know when we talked when you talked about uh that nxt women's division and how great it got those were the those were the big four of that so yeah sasha definitely deserves to be number 10 on our list and that's exactly where she's at with seven and a half points all right Let's move to number nine on our list. Number nine comes in with nine and a half points. Um, number nine was number eight on my personal list. Uh, number five on Adam's personal list. And one of your honorable mentions again, we're talking about Asuka. Asuka is number nine on our list here with nine and a half points. Um, Asuka, like I said, she got her start in Japan. Uh, multi-time champion over there. Um, last time we recorded, I, I, you know, I talked about the story about how she wanted to get broken in, you know, as I said, by Minaro Suzuki, who is one of the more violent and dangerous fighters in wrestling period. Um, there's some really, 
you know, unsettling video out there of when she asked Minaro Suzuki to kind of go the hard way on her and he obliged, you know, she, he definitely was like, okay, you want, you know, you want to pay your dues? I'll pay the dues for you. And he definitely goes really stiff on her and it's not easy to watch, but she, she takes it. And that, that earned a lot of respect, I think, especially within the Japanese community. Um, then not far after that, she comes over, she's in NXT and when she's in NXT, she just straight dominating. Mm-hmm. I don't, I think she, I think she only lost once while she was in NXT and that's when she dropped the belt to, you know, come over to the main roster. I think that's the only, that, that was her only loss, I think in NXT. Um, if I'm not mistaken, she could have, but it seemed like she was undefeated. Um, just like from the minute she came in there, she was just god just nobody could stop her and that carried over to when she came over to the mid roster too or to the main roster you know up until that wrestlemania match she had with charlotte she was just straight dominating that mm-hmm. you know and she had her period there where um you know vince and the guys up in the main roster didn't know really what to do with her she was kind of toiling in the mid card but finally i think it all snapped and they realized what kind of talent she really is and since then you know she's the current raw women's champ um she's just been in the title scene non-stop and her talent and her personality she's definitely charismatic you know she, she's somebody you can get behind whether it's you know mostly as a face surprisingly you know you would think you would think she might be a heel with you know, how her character's delivered a little bit, but mostly she comes off as a face. She's gotten over with the fans. They love her. And like I said, she's just constantly in the title picture. You can't deny the success Asuka has. And like I always say, when it comes for me personally, when it comes to modern women's wrestling, like wrestling going on today, there's two, there's Charlotte flair, there's Asuka, and then there's pretty much everybody else. And that's as far as, uh, skill goes in the mm-hmm. ring. Um, that's 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 rapidly changing. There's a lot of talent that's kind of catching up to them, but at this moment, you know, those two are kind of like the standard as far as I'm concerned when it comes to modern women's wrestling. Uh, you had her as one of your honorable mentions too. What you what do you have to say about Asuka? Again, I love Asuka a lot. I love watching her wrestle. She's one of the like you said, one of the funner ones to watch wrestle now because of the talent she has. But again, I feel like she hasn't been around for such a long, long time to call her one of my greatest ones. Again, if I give her another couple of years, then yeah, that might change a lot of things and she'll be in my top 10. But I feel like she's still borderline on the cusp because she's to me, she's a little bit newer within these last couple of years that we've been watching. Um, super, super talented. Um, to clarify, you said an uh, NXT, she actually went undefeated in NXT. The only time she lost the belt was during uh, the takeover with Ember Moon. She won it, but she broke her, her collarbone. So she had to relinquish the title. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And that's then when right. she, she gave it up, then that's when she jumped over to the main roster. But for a very long time, they wanted to bring her up from the main roster. And uh, Triple H would fight like crazy to keep her down there because he would he'd call her the anchor of the of NXT, which at that time, you know, you had Finn Balor, who was huge. You had Kevin Owens, you know, all those guys. And, and you're calling Asuka the anchor of NXT that you couldn't afford to lose. Um you know, she, uh, she, she's a lot of fun. Uh, she won the first ever women's Royal Rumble that we spoke of. 
earlier. Uh, she had a, a 914 day under undefeated streak, which eventually was ended by Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. Um, she was a part of the first ever TLC match. Uh, she also made main event at the pay per view with, with regards to that. She was tag team champ with the Kabuki Warriors with Kyrie Sane, and uh, also won the 2020 Money in the Bank uh, women's match. And now we're scheduled to see her going up against Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania, which would be another great match because I think Rhea Ripley's you know coming up uh, another up and comer that'll be fun to watch in the, in the future. But uh, again, I still see even though. She's kind of been around because she was in Japan for such a long time. Uh, I see many a bright future for Asuka as well here. Yeah, most definitely. And like you said, Adam thinks highly of her too. Had her at number five on her on his personal list. You know, Asuka, there's just no denying her, and she definitely deserves to be in the top ten. So there you go. With nine and a half points at number nine is Asuka. All right, let's move to number eight on our list. Uh, number eight comes in with 11 points. Uh, she came in at number nine on my personal list. And she was all the way at number two on Bob's. Uh, Bob, you had Lita all the way at number two on your list, and she comes in at number eight overall. Uh, what do you have to say about Lita? I, I wasn't expecting Lita to be so low, to be honest with you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I love Lita. Yeah. I love Lita, and I, I have her in my top ten. It's just, you know, I have her at number nine because I just thought, you know, as far as, like, legacy and also just, like, entering ability, there were just eight more women that were above her, but definitely in my top ten. I, um, I think Lita probably could have had an even better legacy had she never gotten hurt. Um, I yeah, feel like that's true. Lita was hurt a lot because of her her style, and and I mean that's what attracted a lot of people to her was her style. Um, what I like about her is is how she came about. You know, one day she was watching Rey Mysterio wrestle, and she's like, "I need to learn that style." So she went to Mexico to to learn, you know, the luchador style, and then. It's over there that she's noticed, and Paul Heyman, you know, picks her up and brings her to ECW. Remember, she was in ECW for a small bit of time as, as Miss Congeniality. She was uh, Danny Doring's yeah. um, valet. But it was then over there that she's trained in, in uh, Dory Funk's dojo. And and then she, you know, they, they bring her over to the WWE or WWF at that time, where and she's managing S.A. Rios. And, and when she, that's when you started noticing her, because at, at that time, S.A. Rios one of their cruiserweights, he would do, you know, the moonsault, but she would mimic all of his moves. And then she would throw a moonsault and you started watching her and you're like, damn, she does it better than he does. You know, <laughs> like she's just this yeah. like talent. And then it's not until she, she came about with, um, you know, the Hardy boys and that attitude era when you got the Hardy boys and team extreme that you really, really, really started picking up Lita and you started noticing more and she started to wrestle more. And you're like, wow, this is a really solid female wrestler. And she had that Hardy boy style, which at that time, so many fans were attracted to because they had that Jeff Hardy, especially that careless free attitude in the style that they wrestled in. And Lita was just there matching it, but she put on hell of a matches with, uh, you know, ivories and, and the Trish Stratuses and, and the jazzes. And, you know, she had that long-term view with Trish Stratus where they went on forever and, you know, just the, uh, uh, I, I think she just could have done a lot more. Unfortunately, she, she went out to film a TV show during the time of her popularity and she was dropped on her neck and she had to have cervical spine, um, 
you know, surgery. So that messed up. She was wrestling another match and she blew out her ACL. Uh, so that took her out for a long time. But again, I feel like Lita just had so much to do during that attitude era. I mean, she, I, she was one of the top sellers with the Austins and the Triple H's and the Rocks. You know, people were just attracted to, to Lita and the style of what she brought that you just wanted to see her wrestle. Uh, four-time women's champ. Uh, the cool thing about her, first time ever that a woman headlined a, a Raw main event, and she did it three weeks in a row, and she won every single one that she was involved yeah. in. Uh, she was in the first ever Lumberjill match that they ever had. But to me, Lita was just special. She was so much fun to watch. And like again, I, even though she was only around for a short period of time, I feel like she she did enough to make it to number two for me and she could have even made it higher had she never gotten injured and maybe like a, a ken griffey jr type that's far i'm leaving her <laughs> yeah, that's a good comparison i mean she definitely was um she she was special she really was mm -hmm. and you know like you said her you know I, I listened to a, an interview with her. I believe it was Cole Cabana's podcast um, where she was just going over her career. And she said how she just, you know, she left America almost almost saying that she almost just ran away from home, kind of settled in Mexico City. And she was just like, I'm I'm this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to train with these guys. And, you know, at first, you know, they didn't take her seriously. But then as time went on, they trained her. They in her words, beat the shit out of her, but like got her to be what she needed to be, you know, and just for her to have that dedication to the sport and to learn the way that, you know, the men learn that was, that's, that's awesome. And then, you know, like you said, when she came in, especially when she came into WWE, um, as the, the manager for SA Rios, cause when she was in ECW, you know, ECW didn't have women wrestlers, you know, aside from jazz. Yes. And, you know, that was pretty much it. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. A lot of the uh, a lot of the women were just like valets or mm -hmm. managers. They were they didn't do a lot of wrestling, really. Um, so when she went, I mean, I recognized her when she went over to WWE and I was like, oh, that's uh, she was from ECW. I remember her. But then, like you said, she's like pulling off moonsaults and hurricane ranas and shit like that. I'm like, oh, my God, she can actually go. She's she's amazing. Mm -hmm. And then finally. And like you said, when when she got hooked up with the Hardy Boys, that was it. You know, and that that was just, you know, her ticket to the big time. And yeah, she definitely was the right person at the right time. Yeah as far as the women's division goes and, you know, her and Trish Stratus definitely, um, you know, had a go of it. And yeah, that feud would, that feud is basically what built modern day. Uh, it, it's what built the quote unquote divas division. You know, that's how they got enough eyes on the, the, the product to be like, okay, well, we'll then we'll, now we'll just give the women their own division. Yeah. It wasn't, it was, wasn't until later that they finally got it right, but you know Trish Stratus and Lita were the ones responsible for building that women's division within WWE. So all hats off to them, man. And like I said, she was number nine on my list, but that's still all time, man. Being in the top ten of an all time list is still 
damn good accolades. So, yeah, Lita coming in 11 points at number eight on our list. When she when she went to Mexico, I got a little bit of trivia for you. Who do you who do you think? Sure. What WCW luchador legend trained Lita when she was out there? Oh, geez, legend. <laughs> Not really a legend. He's a friend of our show. Was it uh, El Dandy? El Dandy was correct. <laughs> <laughs> El Dandy. Nice. nice. Yes, fucking, El, fucking El Dandy. Oh, uh, Bret, Bret Hart be like, why not El Dandy? Remember? That? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I had to bring it up. Nice. Why not, why not El Dandy? God damn it. All right. Let's move to number seven on our list. Number seven comes in with 12 points, just above Lita. She was number three overall on my list, number eight overall on Bob's list, number 10 overall on Adam's personal list, coming in, like I said, at 12 points. We have the ninth wonder of the world, China, at number seven on our list. Um, yeah, I'll start. Um, China... I had it number three on my list because, you know, there, especially in the Attitude Era, you know, where the women were just seen as TNA, you know, just eye candy, just objects, really. No, this was the era that you had Sable and, you know, Sonny and all of them. You know, it's, yeah, you had some of those women like Ivory and Miss Jacqueline, they actually had wrestling ability. And, you know, they could go in the ring, but a lot of them were just there just because, you know, because of their looks. That's, you know, let's just be honest. But then China comes along, you know, China at first, you know, she get, of course, she's uh, she's part of DX, you know, the original DX with Shawn Michaels, Triple H. It's China. And of course, Rick Rude. You can't you can't forget yeah, Rick Rude as being part of uh or the original DX. Um, but then, you know, she's just a cornerstone of that group and that, that group takes off and she's, she's there the entire time. And China in that era kind of transcended women's wrestling. She was seen as like, not just a woman, but like part of just a wrestler. She was part of the show. And, you know, she would go on to have feuds with the men. You know, famously, yeah. she she won the women's she won the uh, IC belt from okay. Jeff Jarrett. You know, she was part of the Royal Rumble. She, you know, this was before there was a women's Royal Rumble. You know, she was part of the Royal Rumble. She she paved the way, I think, a lot for women to be taken seriously in the business. You know, she got over. She, like I said, she she won championships. She was at the top of the card. Um, never main evented a Raw or anything, which is, you know, but she was still enough of a draw and enough of an over-wrestler to impact the game. Mm -hmm. And I think, I, I think it, you know, of course, everybody knows how she turned out. It was just tragic. You know, she ends up, you know, getting into drugs and falling out of the company for one reason or another. We won't get into that drama, but you know, and eventually she dies young, tragically. Yeah. 
But and and it's I say tragically because honestly, she you know whether it was because of WWE not wanting to acknowledge her, especially you know since after she leaves she goes into porn and does that kind of stuff, and I think because of for family reasons uh, they didn't want to acknowledge her after that. They she was kind of like whitewashed out of the system. Um, but because of that, she never really got her due and it wasn't until after she died that they kind of relented and, you know, started giving her her due, which is, you know, to be honest with you, was just, you know, day late dollar short. She, she was on, she was on the, uh, the short end of a lot of things and that's, you know, tragic and unfortunate, but it doesn't diminish what she was able to do in the business when she was here. So that's why I had China so high on my list. Um, she was number eight on your list. What do you have to say about China, Bob? China again, she was, uh, she was a special one. She, like you said, she, um, she, she transcended, like you said, the, the face of women's wrestling at that time, because, you know, you just saw women and, and women wrestle women. And here comes this woman that you could actually legitimately think could beat the shit out of a man. And you're like, whoa, OK, you know, she's something different. And, and it was really cool because like, I, I, when I was researching her, I didn't know that at the time that she was getting ready to sign up with the WWF at that time, uh, WCW was pushing strong for her and they wanted her to be the only female member of the NWO. Uh, and that's where oh, wow. she, she was going to debut as that. And it wasn't until Shane McMahon heard, uh, he reached out to her and she's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to sign with the WCW and that that they came back and said, no, 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 no. Here's your contract. We're ready to sign you. And that, and they pulled her in and, and they, they stole her back. But um, again, she she had, again, for that short amount of time that she was there, a fantastic career. We're talking about the first ever woman, like you said, to participate in a male dominated Royal Rumble. And, and she came in and she held her own. And uh, the King of the Ring, she was the first woman to ever qualify for the King of the Ring tournament. Um, yeah, that's right. First woman to ever be number one contender for the male heavyweight championship. And then she eventually lost the, con- uh, the number one contender spot to Mick Foley uh, as Mankind at that time. But first woman to ever hold that, that role, to even be in the same sentence as trying to compete for the men's title. You know, you never heard of that before. Um, you know, she, you, you mentioned that she was a two-time IC champ, which woman had never even gone up for a major title for a man before. Uh, she, she also won the women's championship. She beat Ivory for it at, uh, at WrestleMania 17, but it, it was, she, she was not only dominating, but as she, as she progressed, she became a great athlete in her own, you know, and it was, it was fun to watch a China match here and there just because she, she could put up or hold her own. And again, uh, she would put up great matches with Jericho and, you know, she had the, all the stuff that she would do with Eddie Guerrero and she was great on the mic and, you know, just, just fun to watch and fun to be a part of. So she, she definitely deserves it. So good for China. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. China coming in at number seven on our list with 12 points. All right, let's get to number six on our list. Number six comes in with 13 points. Uh, She was number seven on my personal list, but Adam had her all the way at number two on his. Unfortunately, he's not here to, you know, talk about this pick, but I'll I'll try and do it for him because she was on my list, too. We're talking about Becky Lynch. 
Becky Lynch coming in at number six on our list with 13 points. Um, Becky Lynch, like we mentioned, she was one of the four horsewomen, the pillars of that NXT women's division that swept, you know, swept the wrestling industry and kind of kickstarted the whole women's revolution in WWE. Uh, without her being part of that, you know, who knows what would have happened. And, you know, Becky Lynch at first, she was, you know, she was always over with the crowd. You know, she I remember when she first started, especially in NXT, she kind of had that steampunk gimmick. You know, she would come out, she would have the goggles and the whatever they would call her the Irish last kicker. You know, that was her tagline, whatever the 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 line that uh, Vince would tell Michael Cole to say constantly about her, you know, to the point where it got, you know, just played out. But anyway, Becky Lynch was always a good worker in the ring. Always, you know, always a good worker could always put on a solid match. Just definitely. But when she got up to the main roster from NXT, she was always just kind of middling in, in the mid card. She didn't, couldn't really find her footing to get, you know, just take that next step. But then finally she starts, you know, she, she, I don't know what it was that kind of kickstarted it, but then she starts overhauling her persona and she starts doing the whole thing where she's the man, you know, the man, Becky Lynch, you know, she's, uh, you know, basically becoming the, the women's version of stone cold. Steve Austin is what she is, what she did, you know, just she's doing it her way. Everybody else be damned, you know, she she's the man she's she's gonna do she's gonna run rough shot over the women's division that's exactly what she did um you know just coming in just winning she's won the women's royal rumble she had that triple threat um main the main event at wrestlemania the first women's main event at wrestlemania she won it that match between her charlotte and uh ronda rousey uh, winning and getting the belt from Ronda Rousey in that match. Um, yeah, she was, you know, up until recently, up until last year when she had to leave because she she got pregnant, she was the face of the women's division. And, you know, she's had the baby. Congratulations to her and Seth Rollins on the birth of their child. Um, but, you know, now that she's had the baby, she may be on the road back to coming back back to wwe who knows and if she does you know there's gonna be a lot of fans that are gonna be happy to see her because she was definitely you know the face of the division when she left and it's gonna be interesting to see how she how she picks up when she does come back so yeah for all those reasons i had uh becky lynch all the way up at number seven on my list um bob you didn't have becky lynch on your list but is there anything you any comments you have to say about becky lynch Again, I didn't put her on my list just because she's still too new for me. And again, uh, just like the Sasha and, and, and Asuka, she, she's well-deserving of it. I mean, 100% well-deserving. But to me, I felt, hey, these people are stood up a little bit higher. Um, but, I mean, you, you said you really didn't know where she kind of took off and what made that transition to her take it off. But I could give you the perfect example when she took off. Do you remember when uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bret Hart had that classic match where Austin's bleeding from his face and he passes out? 
Um, yeah. Becky Lynch, the when, when she gets popped in the face by Nia Jax, and she like, yeah. got blood all over her face, and you just see that iconic moment where she's standing in the crowd, and there's blood all over her face, and she's just ready to beat some ass. To me, that's what yeah. she up. I felt like after that, she just skyrocketed. She became the man character, like you said. And um, she just skyrocketed women's wrestling in 2019. I mean, it, it was it was already up and coming, but I felt like she just said, fuck it. Let me let me take the wheel here and, and just hit the gas and they'll never let go. Um, you know, she, she the inaugural SmackDown champion for women's champ, uh, the Raw champion for almost 400 days. Um, at that time, she held both belts, Becky two belts. Remember, she she had the yeah, belt. Becky two belts. Yeah, uh, first woman to ever main event three pay per views in one year. Um, you know, she holds the record for that. And I mean, they even, she, her popularity took off. I think she was even on the cover of ESPN, the magazine for a little bit of time too, you know? So she, she's, she's one of the best out there. And again, she's going to be one of those people that you talk about for the future of what's it's bright for her because there's so much more to come for her and so much more to expect. Um, a great pick, but like I said, that's, that's the only reason I didn't put her on my list because Again, I, I always keep clarifying greatest, greatest, greatest. And it's kind of hard for me to say someone within the last 10, 15 years to be the greatest. But I can see all the accolades she's accomplished so far. Yeah, definitely. It's funny. You're, you're definitely right. You know, that I, that iconic image of Becky Lynch with a broken nose in the crowd. You know, that yeah, I think you're right. That's what got her over. And just goes to show you the most beneficial Nia Jack's botch of all time, you know, in a career that's full of them, <laughs> you know, that's definitely the one that, that, that got it over. So yeah, I think, uh, Becky Lynch owes, owes Nia Jack some dinner for almost ending her career. If she, uh, you know, but whatever Becky Lynch, number six on our list, definitely worth it. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. All right, so we're in our top five now, and at number five, coming in with 15 and a half points, she was number six on my list, uh, one of Adam's honorable mentions, and all the way at number one on Bob's list. Seriously? Bob, you're, nu- yep, you're numero uno coming in at number five, Trish Stratus with 15 and a half points. Oh. Hey, I, ha- I had her at number six. <laughs> I had her at number six. It, Adam had her as an honorable mention, though, so that's kind of what brought her down. You had her at A. You're number one, man. Trish Stratus, speak on her. Wow. I'm, I'm just thrown off. I, I was not expecting Trish <laughs> number five. Um, wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Trish. Hey, hey, it's a democratic process. It's the way the cookie crumbles, man. I'm sorry. Sometimes the cookie shouldn't crumble. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Trish Stratus to me was the face of women's wrestling. I'm sorry. I, I'm going to go buy it. I, I don't know who else is above her on this list. I'm sure there's some great names, but we're talking about what, what, what makes it amazing for me is Trish Stratus was brought in, like you said earlier, unfortunately, and I, I don't want to use the term, but she was brought in as, as eye candy. She was brought in to, to be seen by the the male audience and, you know, just gawk at her. And 
and she she was a fitness model. She had no experience as a wrestler, and they just threw her in there as a manager, and she wanted to learn. And eventually, she not only wanted to learn, but she became, in my opinion, the best female wrestler out there. You know, she learned it all on her own. She did it all by herself. And we're talking about just this amazing women's wrestling success story. Um, you know, she, she wasn't brought out here to wrestle and all of a sudden she becomes seven time women's champ. Uh, she's in the WWE hall of fame, which I don't know after recent stuff, I don't know if that means a lot anymore, but <laughs> like so many women that are wrestlers now talk about Trish Stratus as, you know, their, their inspiration to get into the business, you know? And, and it's just like, the, the feud she had with Lita, the feud she had with Ivory, with Jazz, you know, the, they were great matches. Her, the, the Mickey James angle that lasted pretty much forever because they, they wrestled all the time too. But, you know, some of the matches her and Mickey James put on together, fantastic matches. Uh, yeah. When we talked about Lita headlining Raw, who was headlining Raw with her? Trish Stratus was headlining, you know. I think even though Trish Stratus worked her ass off to get there, Lita had a huge part in it too. And I don't think... Either of them would be as successful if either of them wasn't there. I don't think China would bring in those great quality matches with these two. But like I said, you know, she was even the hardcore champ at one time. I think she beat Crash Holly for the hardcore belt. But she she was champ, women's champ for 448 days during one of her her reign. She was the first ever woman to, uh, like I said, headline a Monday Night Raw with with Lita. And at that time, that was huge. You know, like that's when women's wrestling was taken off. First ever to headline a Chicago street fight. Um, you know, just I feel like Trish Stratus did a lot. I feel like she's number one, in my opinion. There might be bigger names out there that I may have, you know, surpassed or looked down upon. But I'm, I'm super, super, super surprised that she came in at number five. So I'm interested to see what the, the rest of the list looks like. Yeah, well, we'll get into it. But, yeah, just just on, on Trish, you know, I agree. You know, the, you cannot downplay the importance of Trish Stratus in the history of professional wrestling, not just women's wrestling, but professional wrestling. You know, like you said, the feud she had with Lita is – monumentally important i'm glad you brought up mickey james because that was that was a great rivalry you know trish and as you said trish was not bought in as a wrestler she was bought in as another pretty face but it's really impressive that she got to where she did as a performer as a wrestler and it was all on her own Mm -hmm. um of her own volition you know just to you know it's like hey i'm not just gonna be you know, TNA. I'm not just going to be eye candy. People are going to take me seriously. And, you know, that's that's exactly what she did. And she gets all the respect in the world for me. You know, like I said, she was number six on my list. Um, you know, the, the reason I think I didn't put her higher um, was, you know, her beginnings kind of, you know, in, you know, because she wasn't the most polished wrestler. You know, that kind of that kind of took away a little bit for me. Plus, and this is not her fault because she can only wrestle in the era that she was in. Mm -hmm. But the women's wrestling division at that point wasn't what it is now. You know, so, you know, while she did accomplish accomplish a lot, you know, it was there wasn't a lot of, 
you know, it was the the division itself was on the up and up. It hadn't, you know, it it didn't get wasn't quite where it is now. And that's not her fault, but you know, just just putting it in comparison to other people who I had on the, on my list, that's kind of where that's kind of why she lost a couple of spaces. But she definitely deserves to be in in any top 10 when it comes to you know, female professional wrestling. She's, you know, her and Lita definitely get deserve all the credit that they get for what they were able to accomplish. Especially, like you said, Lita had a short career. Trisha's career was not not especially long either. You know, she was she was how, how long was was Trisha's career? How long was she around? Really, she was like f- less than ten years, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, her and Lita were able to accomplish that much in a short amount of time, you know, all power to him, man. So I I think, yeah, she definitely she's in our top five, you know, and, you know, to be honest with you, I'm kind of surprised she's not a little bit higher, too. If Adam didn't have her as an honorable mention, she would have been higher because she was only a little bit above the next pick. She could have easily been in the top three or four um if adam had ranked her a little bit higher i'm not i'm not dissing where adam placed her he had her as an honorable mention but you know that's kind of why she came in at number five so but i mean if if you take if you take trish stratus and and you put her in modern day wrestling right now where she has an nxt to learn her skills on and you know uh, become more of a polished wrestler before she comes out to the big page, yeah. you know, obviously. Yeah. But like she didn't have that, you know, she, she pretty much learned on the job, you know, like, yeah. Uh, and, and that's where it impresses me because she, she was maybe sloppy at first and she wasn't the greatest female wrestler, but she eventually, in my opinion, became it because she worked hard for that shit. And it's just like, uh, again, like, we, we talk about the Sashas and, you know, uh, earlier who had that. They had the, the indie circuit to, to learn on before that, whereas Trish is like, okay, you're a fitness model. Just come in and do what you do. And eventually she became pretty much one of the best ever. So, I mean, yeah, I, don't know. I guess that's where I'm still fighting for. And, yeah, and, that, and that's like I said, she was a little bit of a victim of her own era, you know, where if she did have the time to season in, in like an NXT the same way that Charlotte and Sasha and Bailey and all them did, she could have been heads and tails above what she, you know, anybody in that era. But, you know, like I said, she came up in the era that she did and she made, she definitely made the most of it. So yeah, Trish Stratus, number five on our list with 15 and a half points. All right, let's get to number four. And when I say that, you know, like I said, Trish was right behind the the people behind people ahead of her literally that's the case because at number four number four comes in with 16 points which is only a half point above where trish was uh our number four women's wrestler she was number five on my personal list number three on adam's personal list and number nine on bob's we're talking about charlotte flair Charlotte Flair is number four on our list with 16 points. Um, I'll go first with Charlotte. You know, when I heard that 
Ric Flair's daughter, Charlotte, was coming into WWE. At first, I was kind of like, okay, you know, we'll see where this goes. She's, I think she was a a volleyball player in college. She didn't, she didn't have a wrestling background other than being the the daughter of Ric Flair. You know, she, I I was kind of, I was really skeptical at first, but then she comes into NXT and from the first, you know, that first match that really piqued my interest or really took my eye as far as Charlotte goes was the match she had with Natalia when, um, when she was in NXT, those two put on a hell of a match when, uh, Charlotte was still in NXT. And from there, Charlotte just goes on to dominate, man. She's like I said, when I said that in modern women's wrestling, there's Charlotte and Asuka and everybody else. When it comes to in ring ability, I you know, I mean that because Charlotte does shit in the ring that a lot of her peers just can't. She is so athletic. She makes it seem effortless. She has so much charisma. She can sell like a motherfucker. She she is, you know, as close to the perfect package in the women's division as there as there can be, I think. You know, Charlotte is just there's no denying her ability. There's no denying that she is as far as the modern women wrestlers go, she's in the cream of the crop, man. She is when it comes to when it came to that four horsemen women thing. I think she was just like her father. She was she was the leader of that group, man. She was the spearhead. And yeah, Charlotte I think is just you know in the modern women's wrestling she's she's right up there, man. She's she's numero uno in my book as far as as far as modern women wrestlers go. Um Bob, you had her at number 9 on your list. What do you got to say about Charlotte? Um Charlotte, right now, you like you said, uh, on most of the women wrestlers that are out now, and and it's it's a huge, it, it's a huge list out there now. You got AEW has a women's division. You have TNA, uh, Impact, which has a women's wrestling division. Uh, so there's more competition out there. But yeah, Charlotte stands, you know, very, 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 very high at the list. I mean, in, in the WWE right now, she's the most decorated women. Uh, to ever what hold belts, you know, she's got a, a total of 13 total titles that she's won. Um, two time NXT champ, one time Divas champ when it was still the Divas belt, four time Raw champ, she was five time SmackDown champ, uh, one time tag champ with Asuka. You know, she she won the Royal Rumble. Um, what, what impresses me about her, kind of like I, I mentioned about Trish Stratus, is Charlotte had no inspirations to be a, a professional wrestler, even though her dad was one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Charlotte didn't want to get in the business. It's when her brother unfortunately passed away tragically that she decided to pursue his dream of becoming a wrestler. And look at she she's pretty much one of the best ones out there. But she she really didn't want to get yeah. into the business. Um, you know, and, and again, just watching her her wrestle, she's one of the most athletic ones out there. You know, she could do, like you said, so much things that she other people can't. I love watching a wrestler when when she does her the figure four and she throws the uh, the bridge into it. It's just like holy crap, you know. Um, yeah. Again, first ever to, to pay per view a, a women's main event, uh, main event of pay per view. I'm sorry. Um, you know, with the Hell in the Cell, 
Uh, first person to ever main event as a female, a Raw, a SmackDown, and a pay-per-view. Uh, she was a part of the first ever Money in the Bank match. She was uh, first person to ever win the Divas, NXT, Raw, and SmackDown women's belt. She uh, she was the chosen one to, to defeat Asuka's uh, undefeated streak at 914 days, you know? Uh, yeah, that's true. So it's just... Uh, she, she's just pretty much we mentioned earlier, you know, the main eventer of WrestleMania, along with Becky and Ronda Rousey. You know, she she was the first person to ever main event of WrestleMania. So there's there's ton of talent, and there's you know much more. This the, again, like I mentioned earlier, the sky's the limit for Charlotte Flair. Um, again, I guess the reason I had her so low is because to me she's just more recent. Um, obviously, she's one of the best out there now. And, you know, future conversations, she might, like her dad, she might be one of the best ever. Um, but, yeah, a lot of respect for, for Charlotte Flair. Yeah. I just remember that that main event at WrestleMania, the, the match between uh, her, Lynch, and Rousey, just Charlotte making that entrance with the helicopter, mm-hmm. just like Flair did at the Great American Bash. Yep. That was A. A number one, man. That's That's awesome shit. And... Like I said, man, I hope, you know, they they just released Andrade, who is, you know, her and are they married or are they just are they just like engaged? I heard they were engaged. And then he, he came out with a uh, an interview earlier this morning and um, okay. he had said that uh, the reason she's on hiatus for a little bit was because I guess her levels were high and they had said that they thought she was pregnant. So they, they, they put her on uh, pregnancy suspension and they didn't want her to, you know, to wrestle at that time because they thought she was. But then I guess she took a bunch of tests and further evaluations from doctors and they said, no, it wasn't a pregnancy is that you had COVID. Um, you know, so she's hopefully going to come back sometime soon. No one really knows what's going on with her. But um, yeah, for, for a WrestleMania to occur, you know, up and coming soon and her not be involved in it be like, wow, that sucks. Yeah, so who knows what's going on, but either way, man, WWE would be fools to, to squander that because, like I said, she's tops, man. She's the best they got as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, Charlotte Flair coming in with 16 points, number four on our list. All right, let's get to number three on our list. Number three comes in with 17 points. <clears throat> she was... Number four on my personal list, number five on Bob's, and number seven on Adam's personal list. We're talking about Medusa slash Alundra Blaze. Yeah. Medusa coming in at number three. Bob, what do you got to say about Medusa? Um, she, I think if when you're talking about Tristratus, you know, having a victim of like what was around her at that time, you know, you, you can't really define that without looking at medusa you know like she pretty much they had to import female wrestlers from different countries just to come wrestle against yeah, her definitely <laughs> you know, it's like fuck uh yeah uh medusa was special she she was one of those dominating women wrestlers that again you could think hey this this girl can can hold up with the men but she, she can actually legit wrestle, and that's what was fun about her. You know, like, we got introduced to her as, as Alundra Blaze in the WWE, uh, the WWF, but before, she was uh, Medusa in the AWA. She was WCW for a while, and, 
you know, the first um, first foreign woman to sign a contract with All Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, you know, she was a one-time cruiserweight champion. She was uh, a one-time AWA World Women's Champion. Um, she, uh, in 93 is when the WWE decided, hey, we're going to reinstate the women's division. We want Medusa to be the face of it. So she won the inaugural belt at that time when they re-brought it up. Um, she beat Heidi Lee Morgan. And then that's when they brought in the Asia Kongs and the, the Bull Nakanos and the uh, Bertha Face to come and feud with her. But then the WWE is like, well, WWF at this time, but they're like, well, let's just shit can the division because we don't have the money to pay Medusa to stay around. So we're just going to drop it. And then that's when the famous 95 um, WCW Nitro comes about where she just shows up on Nitro with the women's belt and she just dumps it in the trash. And then WCW is like, okay, we're going to redo our own women's division too. And we're going to have Medusa be a big part of it. Cause now she's Medusa again. And they never even give her the damn title. You know, <laughs> she's over here feuding with uh, Akira Hokuto. And it's just like, well, we're going to just shit can the women's division after this too, because we don't know what to do with it. So then she ends up winning the cruiserweight title from, I believe it was uh, Evan Courageous, who she was uh, managing at that time. She ends up beating him for it. And then who does she lose it to, Tony? Please tell me you remember. Um, Jeez. I remember her beating every courageous. I don't know who she lost it to. Shit. It was your personal friend, Oklahoma, that she lost. The oh, crew. Ed Ferrara. Nice. Well, Shout out to Ed. He may be listening to the show. I know he's part of our uh, Facebook fan group. So Shout out, to, shout out to Ed. Um, so she lost to him. Uh, he, he's our, our cruiserweight mention for, for the night. And uh, then after that, she went to go train the uh, the women's power plant for a while. And, you know, she, she trained uh, um, Molly Holly while she was out there. But, um, yeah, she, she was just, uh, again, she, she made such a huge name for herself and a huge name for the women's wrestling division when there was really not a lot of names to compete against her, which is a damn shame because I think she could have been really, really special, really talented. She had the moves. She had the skill set. Um, but, again, just... Not a lot of competition, unfortunately. You could only wrestle Bertha Faye and Bull Nakano so many times. Um, she did win the uh, the twenty four seven championship uh, one night uh, on Raw, beating Candice Michelle, and then uh, she eventually went to throw it in the trash can. If you remember this, when she won that title, which is where it belongs, pretty much in my opinion, because that's a shit belt. But uh, right before she tossed the belt. Uh, DiBiase bought it off of her. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, it did. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that's definitely fun. But um, yeah, that, that, I, I feel like uh, Medusa is a good pick. So good for her. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, like you said, I, I like that you bring bring it up. She definitely was a victim of her era. You know, like you said, there was just in that '90s period, there just wasn't anything going on you know she was she was an elite women's wrestler in an age where there just wasn't a lot of women's wrestling going on that's that's unfortunate for her you know i would have loved i would love to see what what medusa alundra blaze whatever you want to call her i would love to see what she'd be capable of you know transporting her into what is now modern day women's wrestling i think she would be amazing you know, and 
you know, she just had wicked talent. You know, you see some of the matches she had in Japan, you know, the matches she had here, you know, she was just a natural in the ring. And it's unfortunate because of the era she wrestled in that it just wasn't put onto, uh, it wasn't put on as well of display as it should have, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Big ups to Medusa, man. She she definitely deserves to be recognized uh, for her importance in the women's division. And she comes in at number three on our list. She's in our top three with 17 points. All right. Well, let's move on to number two. Number two on our list, coming in with 18 points, just above Medusa. She was number three on Bob's personal list, and I had her at my top spot. Um. We're talking about Mildred Burke. Mildred Burke coming in at number two on our list with 18 points. Now, originally, I mean, when we talk about Mildred Burke, um, she is the oh, she's the OG, you know, when it comes to women's wrestling. Uh, Mildred Burke debuted in the 30s um, before, you know, she came in at a time when women's wrestling was just kind of starting up and she comes in and, you know, she debuts in the mid thirties and immediately just, just takes over women's wrestling. She's the, the NWA women's champion for pretty much 20 years, you know, from the, from the mid thirties up until she retires in the mid fifties. She is women's wrestling in that 20-year period. Um, she marries Billy Wolf, who was kind of the the head guy, the czar of women's wrestling in that period. And because of that, they you know they partner up and um, make women's wrestling as successful as it was in the 30s. Eventually, they divorce, and her, their her divorce from Billy Wolf is kind of what signals her downfall. And her eventual re- eventual retirement, because Billy Wolf ends up getting her pretty much blacklisted, blackballed mm-hmm. from the business as a whole, and she couldn't really recover from that. And that's really tragic, considering how important she was to women's wrestling, um, just from its outset. Um, so yeah, I mean Mildred Burke. You know, you have to do your research. You have to know your stuff to know about Mildred Burke because she just doesn't come up in everyday conversation. But if you read up on her, you will you will know how important she is to, to women's wrestling and how important she is overall to the history of professional wrestling itself, not just women's wrestling. Uh, yeah. And uh, that's why I had her all the way up at number one on my list. She's just reading up on her, doing the research and just seeing that she, she, like I said, she's the OG. She's, she, she's it when it comes to the flashpoint. So yeah, Mildred Burke uh, is number one on my personal list. She was number three on yours, Bob. What do you got to say on your, on uh, on Mildred Burke? I, uh, I completely 100% agree when you, when you say, um, you know, she's, she was the OG uh, of women's wrestling because she was, she's, she's over here starting, in uh in the 1930s and, and at that time you know 
women's wrestling was even wasn't even a thought. You know, it was a male dominated sport, and, and they wanted nothing to do with them. So she comes in, she tries out. All the all the males are saying, "No, you know, you're you're not going to be a part of this." And she picks up one of the males who's just standing there, and she just body slams them. And as soon as all the other males say that, they're like, "Okay, you start training with this person." And she. In the 1930s, she wrestled 200 matches versus men. And a lot of these matches weren't the wrestling matches that are scripted that were known, you know, to us as a scripted wrestling match. A lot of these were shoots where it's like, okay, every man for themselves, every woman for themselves, you go out there and you do what you can and winner wins, you know. And, and out of those 200 matches she had with the men, she only lost one. You know, that, yeah. that's she's over here wrestling intergender matches before years before anyone even considered it a thing you know so she <laughs> she's dominating a, a male dominated sport at that time and she she's what's making you know women's wrestling to to become a part of stuff and yeah you mentioned that she was married to billy wolf and unfortunately you know when they split he she got blackballed out of the sport but she still you know tried to make a career for herself. I remember she was at that time the champ, so they're trying to get the belt off of her. So she had to go up against uh, Billy Wolf's uh, daughter-in-law, June Byers. And then when she's going up against the daughter-in-law, it was supposed to be a best two out of three falls. So she she lets Byers win the first fall. And then after that, the the second fall comes out to a no contest because they wanted to screw her over and strip the belt off of her. And that's how they did it. Yeah. And you know, Mildred Burke had no idea, but that's how they eventually took the belt off of her. But, uh, you know, she ended up becoming one of the main reasons that uh, women's wrestling took off in the United States, took off in Canada, took off in Mexico, Japan, all because of her. You know, she was one of the pioneers of it. And, and like I said, she's uh, you you have to do the research on her, but she's definitely a great consideration for, for the spot that she's at. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um and, and you know, looking into it, I I, I saw, I, I I don't know if if this is the case or not. Um, nobody really says it for sure. I don't know if it's coincidence or if it's a tribute. But Mildred Burke's uh, real name is Mildred Bliss. Yeah, that's where she she got the name from. Yeah, that Alexa Alexa Bliss uses as a tribute to Mildred Burke. Correct. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I, I I didn't know if that was the case or not. So. Yeah, that's good to know. So I there heard, you go. I heard in an interview before that that's where she got it from. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Mildred Burke. If you don't know about her, read up on her. You'll you'll you won't be sorry. She's definitely a pioneer when it comes to wrestling, and she comes in at number two on our list with eighteen points. All right. Well. That brings us to our number one pick. But before we get to our number one, like we do every week, we have our honorable mentions to talk about here. Um, let's start with our number 11 pick, our first honorable mention here, coming in with five and a half points. She was one of my honorable mentions, and she was number six on Bob's overall list. Uh, we're talking about Mae Young. May Young is our first honorable mention here at number 11. Uh, Bob, what you got to say about May Young? Again, she was uh, one of the pioneers of women's wrestlers, um, you know, out there in the 1940s. She was, um, you know, one of the first uh, U.S. women to wrestle out in Japan after uh, World War II. You know, she was out there. Um, she, she, If you actually think about it and you look at when she started 
And when she finished, the woman wrestled for over nine decades, which is just amazing. Um, you know, she's the first ever NWA women's U.S. champion. Uh, she wrestled for a long time throughout the areas of the, the NWA, but then in 99, she comes back and makes a comeback. You know, they have her in the crowd with, with uh, Fabulous Moolah and Jeff Jarrett, you know, brings them into the ring and he attacks both of them. And, and here you got this 79, 80-year-old lady getting in there with the men. Uh, the, there's the famous power bomb from Bubba Ray Dudley where he power bombs her through the table. Um, there's uh, when she got attacked by three-minute warning. Um, where, where, you know, they do the Samoan drop on her. Uh, she took an RKO from Randy Orton, you know, and here she's doing this shit at 80 years old. You know, and it's just like, yeah. Um, in 2010, she wrestled the Fouls Count Anywhere match at, at, over the age of 30. So she, for, she became one of the first women or even competitors to wrestle over the age of 30 or 80. I'm sorry. I'm saying 30, but yeah, she, she wrestled over the age of 80 and it's just like, wow, it's, it's amazing. So, uh, great for Mae Young. She, she's just a lot of fun. She was a huge comedic spot when she was on TV. Unfortunately, some of the stuff I don't want to talk about what they did. We listened to our past yeah. about it, but, uh, Mae Young was just a ton of fun. Yeah. I think most, most people, recognize me young from you know her later day appearances on raw and everything like you said it was mostly comedy spots but a lot of them are not aware of what she did earlier in her career as a wrestler you know she was like you said you know one of the trailblazers she never quite got up to the top of the the rankings you know the fabulous moolah kind of had a a stranglehold on the uh on the top of the division there for a long time but may young was definitely definitely uh in the mix there and she was she was definitely one of the pioneers one of the trailblazers she definitely deserves to be on this list so yeah may young at number 11 um number 12 comes in here with five points our second honorable mention uh she only came in on adam's list adam had him had her at number six on his personal list and he had bailey bailey comes in at number 12, our second honorable mention with five points. Uh, Bailey wasn't on my list and she wasn't on your list, Bob. But we'll, you know, since Adam's not here, let's attempt to, uh, to talk about Bailey. Uh, you know, I, I, I really like Bailey. Mm-hmm. Bailey, you know, like we said, one of the, the four horse women. Um, definitely, uh, uh, you know, one of the cornerstones of the modern era. Uh, multi-time champ. She's a great heel. Mm. I love her as a heel. You know, she she came she came in. You know, she was the hugger. You know, whatever, just a, a mega over uh, baby face. But then she trans she transitions to heel, and she's even better. She's very versatile, great in the ring, ton of charisma. I, I, I just love everything that Bailey does. Uh, she didn't make my list because, like you said, you know, she just the the body of work, you know, it's it's not there yet. You know, she just didn't quite have what I <clears throat> think. <clears throat> uh, she didn't quite have enough accolades or enough time to really compile the kind of things that would put her in my top ten. But you know, she's definitely on her way and she keeps it up. She will be 
remembered as one of the best female wrestlers of all time. So, yeah, that's what I think of Bailey. How about you? Yeah, I agree. Uh, Bailey's a lot of fun to watch, and and you know she's uh, she's done a lot of firsts as well. You know she she's the first ever women's triple crown and grand slam champion. You know she's an NXT women's champ, uh, Raw champ, uh, SmackDown women's champ twice, the inaugural women's tag champ. You know uh, with Sasha. Um, I, I completely, completely agree where, I mean, the hugger character was cool when you first started out, obviously, cause you're trying to pertain to that audience, especially the kids. And, you know, for, for the longest time, Bailey was my, my daughter's favorite uh, female wrestler. Cause that's what she was attracted to just the, the character, but seeing as, as a fan and, and loving the sport, seeing Bailey as a heel, it's just like, man, she's a fantastic heel, you know, like she, she does it all. And uh, a great, a uh, great person on the mic and great character, great skills that she has. So she's definitely a, a lot of fun to watch. And uh, again, she's another one where the, the future is super bright for Bailey. So I look forward to what comes for her as well. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's get to our number three honorable mention here. Number 13 on our list. She comes in just below Bailey at four and a half points. Uh, she was an honorable mention for Adam, and she was number seven on your personal list, Bob. Good. We're talking about Miss Jacqueline. Jackie, Miss Jacqueline, coming in at number 13. Tell us about Jacqueline, Bob. I'm happy she's on this list. She she deserves a damn spot on this list. Uh, yeah. Miss Jacqueline was, I remember Miss Jacqueline as Miss Texas, um, you know, when, when she first came out in the USWA. And, and she was just one of those women that when you saw her, like you, she looked like she belonged in the women's division. Like she could whoop some ass with the men, but she, she, you know, was a fantastic in the ring. She could work a mic. Um, she was just a lot of fun to watch. Uh, USWA was where she first came about in 91. She was their first ever women's champ there, but she won the damn thing 14 times. Uh, you know, that obviously is a record there. Um, we, we've talked before in the past of the, the PWI 500, uh, a magazine that ranks the 500 men, top 500 men uh, wrestlers every year. Miss Jacqueline was the first ever female to ever be included in that list. Um, you know, she, she brought about during the revival of, of wrestling in the early 90s with Sable. She was the main, she was the, the Trish Stratus and Lita, she was that with Sable at that time. Um, you know, she, she was the first ever African-American women's champ in 98 when she won the title. Um, she, she won, I think she, she also beat Harvey Whippleman for the belt, if you remember that somehow. Uh, <laughs> then uh, she was in TNA. Yeah, yeah that, that was a little weird. I remember that. But <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, after, after she left the WWE, because, of course, they didn't know what the hell to do with her. Uh, they had her more of as a, a valet instead of a wrestler, which she was better qualified as. Um, but then she jumped over to TNA and she helped revitalize that women's division over there that we talked about. You know, with Gail Kim, she was in the first ever women's uh, steel cage match over there. Um, just again, we talk about Lita and Trish being seen as a huge inspiration. You know, so many female wrestlers now, they talk about... Um, you know, an inspiration for them to get into the business. Miss Jacqueline's a huge one, and she's seen and respected by many of her peers as one of the toughest female wrestlers to ever come through the business. I mean, when she was inducted uh, into the Hall of Fame, the Dudley Boys inducted her, and they even talked about that, how she was just a big badass. So uh, I'm happy Miss Jacqueline belongs on here because she deserves it. 
Yeah, I, I love Miss Jackie. Um, she was a really I had her on my list, but she was a really hard cut. I, she was in my honorable mentions, and but she just uh, I just kept on thinking, oh, what about her? Oh, what about her? And I got to put her in. I got to put Jackie was like the she was the hardest cut that I had to take off my list. But I love Jackie. Everything you said about her is true. She's a definite badass in the ring. Hall of Famer deserves every accolade and i'm happy she made the list too even though i had to cut her off my list but i'm glad she's on here so there you go miss jacqueline four and a half points number 13 on our list our fourth honorable mention coming in number 14 on our list comes in with three and a half points um she was on my honorable mentions list adam had her all the way at number eight on his list um we're talking about jazz Jazz coming in at number fourteen. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Jazz was Jazz was a badass man. Jazz was just just a, she was a, the closest thing to like a dominant killer. Just don't fuck with me, women's wrestler that I can think of was Jazz. She, she came up in ECW. She was having intergender matches in ecw where she was coming out on top you know that 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 was jazz jazz will kick a guy's ass and not even think twice about it and we're talking about ecw here you know she was she was holding her own in that fucking federation you have to be a badass if you're gonna do that then she comes into wwe and she she dominates too you know she comes in and just whips around that women's division that they had at the time you know jazz was just she was on another level, man. She and she had a long career, you know. Just she always had my respect, and she was great in the ring too. Really underrated in the ring, in my in my opinion. So yeah, that's why I had Jazz on my list. I can't speak for Adam. Like I said, Adam had her at number eight. Uh, do you have anything to say about Jazz or? She she's another one that, like you said, very super well respected, and I, and and I appreciate everything that Jazz brings. I mean, she's still wrestling. She just came back recently with uh, TNA Impact, and you know she's uh in the women's division there with Jordan Grace as a tag team. But um, yeah, what I love about Jazz is, like you said, she she gave zero shit. So she came in and she's in in ECW with all the men there, and she's beating the shit out of uh Jason for most of the matches that she had. But I remember her first match. Uh, she's out there with Jason and, and she's wrestling and then the whole um all the all the wrestlers backstage come out and they just surround the ring and they just watch her match and and she's having this match and she's getting nervous as hell and when she finishes the match she said pretty much the boys in the back just gave her a standing ovation clapping for her and everything like that and it's just like to get the respect from those guys in that kind of a way you know you you know you deserve it you know you earned it and I feel like Jazz earned it when um when she came over to the WWE, you know, she's going up against Trish Stratus and, and all the names there. And, you know, she was a two-time women's champ there. But uh, I think she was also in NWA for a short period of time, and she was their women's champ over there as well. But Jazz definitely deserves it. Um, very, very highly underrated talent was Jazz. And uh, she, she's fantastic at what she did. So I, I appreciate Jazz. Yeah. All right. And let's get to our... Our last honorable mention here, our, uh, she comes in with one and a half points, number 15 on our list. She was a universal honorable mention 
I've, all three of us had her in our honorable mentions. That's how she comes in with her one and a half points. We're talking about Gail Kim. Gail Kim is our last honorable mention here. Levy Star Bob, what do you got to say about Gail Kim? Gail Kim was another one. Um, we're, we're talking about probably one of the – she stands out probably as one of the greatest women's wrestlers, like an actual wrestling, wrestling, wrestling talent. Gail Kim could, could bring it. Um, you know, seven-time TNA knockout champ, uh, one-time tag champ. She was one-time WWE women's champ. Uh, she debuted her very first debut on Raw. She wins the women's belt. You know, they had the, the battle royal because at that time, Jazz that we just spoke of, had, uh, I think she tore her ACL, so she was hurt. Um, she jumps over to uh, TNA, and, and she becomes their inaugural TNA women's champ over there. Uh, you want to talk about fantastic matches. She had a trilogy with Awesome Kong. Um, fantastic matches if you ever get a chance to check those out. That trilogy is just amazing, the, the matches that they put together. And they, like we talked about, again, Trish and Lita, where they kind of took that division and they just ran off with it. That's that's what uh, you know Gail Kim and Awesome Kong did. They, they ran off with that um, women's division at that time in 2008. Uh, I, I remember her being in the WWE towards like – the 2010, 2011, and she was just pissed off at the world there. She she wasn't happy. So they bring her in a battle royal, and, and she eliminates herself. Do you remember that? Um, I remember that, yeah. Got pissed. She eliminates herself and pretty much just quit the company right after that because she's just like, fuck it, I don't want to be here. So then she comes back to TNA afterwards, and again, she takes off. She, she wins their tag belts, and she wins their women's belts. So now she's holding both belts at the same time. Um, first woman to ever be inducted into the TNA Hall of Fame. Um, just one of the greatest women wrestlers out there. She gets a lot of respect from her peers and um, just a great, great talent to watch wrestle. So Gail King deserves it. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like you said, she's that knockouts division in TNA. She, you know, one of the stalwarts of it. She's like you said, she's in the T she's in the TNA Hall of Fame or the, you know, she or the impact hall of fame whatever you want to call it um she just definitely is a wrestler's wrestler man she put on great matches and i that was legendary i think just her telling vince to basically fuck off i'm done with this company don't like it here i'm going back where i want to be that takes balls especially you know for a female wrestler to do that, you know, when, you know, at a time when female wrestling wasn't, you know, what it is right now for her to just be like, you know what? I know this is WWE. I know this is, you know, the top as high as you can get. Fuck this company. I don't want anything to do with it anymore. I'm not happy here. You know, good for her, you know, and she did what was best for herself. And like I said, that takes balls. That takes a lot of guts. And yeah, she's just great in the ring too she there's no denying her ability so i'm i'm happy she made the list so there you go gail kim our last honorable mention number 15 on our list all right well that brings us to our number one pick here number one on our list it wasn't really even close 26 points she was number two on my list number four on bob's personal list she came in all the way up number one on Adam's list. We're talking about the fabulous Moolah. She is number one on our top top ten women's uh, female wrestlers list. Um, yeah, I 
you know what? Mula, when it comes to like, you know, championship reigns, of course, nobody tops her. Mm-hmm. You know, she held the belt from for what, 30, 35 years, something like that, from pretty much the mid fifties. Yeah, from the mid fifties to like the mid eighties. She was champ. You know, she was female wrestling. She was women's wrestling. That you know, synonymous with it. She was the top of the she was the top of the heap. Um but the reason why I didn't rank her number one was everything that's kind of come out about her as to why she was at the top of the heap for so long. You know, she you know, she just has a really spotty, really bad past when it comes to how she dealt with other female talent that was coming up at the time. Um, the stories are out there. I'm not going to get into it. You can do the research yourself, but it's not good. Um, it was enough for the WWE to change their women's tournament from the fabulous Moolah tournament to the May Young tournament uh, because of the bad publicity that came out as to the stuff that Moolah did outside of the ring. Um, so honestly, yeah, that's why I put her at number two instead of number one. I put Mildred Burke above her, but you know, as far, but as far as just like overall careers, you can't deny what Moolah did. You know, she, she was, you know, who the hell's champ for 30 plus years, you know, Bruno San Martino couldn't do that. Mildred, you know, he was, well, <laughs> Mildred, yeah. Well, Mildred was 20 years. Mildred was 20 years. You know, and I I definitely, yeah, I mean, without without going into details of why Mula wasn't on the top of my list, I'll just say that she was, she was a great in the ring. She was, you know, Definitely, when when people in, from the fifties to the eighties thought of women's wrestling, she was what everybody thought about. She was women's wrestling for a long period of time, and yeah, that, I can't deny her being number one on on the list. So she she has it there. How about you, Bob? What do you got to say about Mula? I think if you want to get into the uh, the spotty side of Mula, there's that perfect uh, dark side of the ring episode, which pretty much covers her career, which explains a lot. Yeah. So, so yeah, watch, it does. If you want to watch and learn more about the shadiness of fabulous Mula, that there, there's no better history lesson than right there. But if you want to get into talking about why she's number one on our list, um, she was the face of women's wrestling. She was, women's wrestling, everything about it. One of the most influential, famous female wrestlers of all time. Uh, powerful in the ring and powerful in the backstage politics outside of the ring. You know, she she ran it all and, and, and everything ran through Mula. Um, that's just how it was. Um, you know, for, first, she, she won her first title in 1956 and she was champ for 10 years. You know, and she would beat all the up-and-comers coming at her. She it was because of her, and she politicked for it, and she got it done. But Madison Square Garden would not allow women to wrestle in the garden. And in 1972, because of her, she got that rule overturned. Um, so that was huge for women's wrestling. Um, 
she purchased the NWA women's title and she sold it to Vince McMahon. And then she comes in and becomes their inaugural champ over there. And she's the face of the re- the rock and wrestling era. You know, she, she was the main event at the, the brawl that ended all, you know, her and Wendy Richter. Um, and at that time they were hyping up Moolah as being the, the women's champ for 30 years, 28 years. I think it was, um, first ever female to be inducted into the wrestling hall of fame. Uh, she came back in 99 and she beat ivory to become the oldest champion ever. If you remember that. <laughs> yeah, I do. But it's just like, yeah. So there, there is, if you want to just talk about her career, you know, uh, she, she's done a lot and she's a huge influence in women's wrestling because of a lot of things she, she did for them. But, um, uh, yeah, the all the stuff that's come about her now that she's passed, yeah, it sucks because she's not there to defend herself. And many people, everybody has a different side to the story, unfortunately. But uh, it is what it is, unfortunately. It's, it's not something that I uh, approve of, but it's still something that one of the reasons why I had her low on my list as well, you know, just in the same uh, aspect that you said, um, because you don't appreciate the uh, her background, but still can't take away all the stuff that she did for women's wrestling. Yeah. And that's why she's number one on the list. So there you go. There you go. Let's that. We have our top 10 female wrestlers of all time. And like we do every week, we'll, we'll go over our list one more time. So here we go. At number 10, we had Sasha Banks with seven and a half points. At number nine, we have Asuka with nine and a half points. At number eight, with 11 points, we had Lita. At number seven, with 12 points, we had China. At number six, with 13 points, we had Becky Lynch. At number five, with 15 and a half points, we have Trish Stratus. At number four, with 16 points, we have Charlotte Flair. At number three, with 17 points, we had Medusa slash Alundra Blaze. At number two, with 18 points, we had Mildred Burke. And at number one, like we just said, with 26 points, the fabulous Moolah. So, yeah, there we go. There we have our list. Uh, Anything to say to to cap off the list, Bob? Trish Stratus should have been higher. (laughs) Yeah. This was this was hard because there's so many great women's wrestlers that uh you know were out there that it was just it was a hard list to compile. Um I was a huge fan of Luna Vachon. Um just because yeah she was a different character. She was just something that you weren't used to when you would see her. Um, you know, so huge fan of hers and, and she didn't crack the list. Um Victoria had a huge, huge like fan following me. Yeah. Huge Victoria fan. Um, like when I met her, I marked out like crazy. I'm sorry I had to, but <laughs> it was just like, wow. Um, well, I was gonna, I was, I was gonna say, I'm surprised that she didn't make your list. I, I, I had, I, I had her originally, but then she, she missed the cut. Like when you said, uh, Jacqueline missed your cut, Luna and Victoria were on that cut for me. Um, yeah. you know, AJ Lee is a special talent that her, her career was cut short just because of the, she was done with the bullshit. Um, yeah. Bull Nakano was something different we never saw before. Um, you know, Ivory, that, that's another one. She could wrestle her ass off. She was a great wrestler. And then, you know. Yeah, awesome. You mentioned Awesome Kong, too. She awesome. she definitely belongs in the conversation. Um, 
you know, uh, even even at that time, because she carried it for such a long time. But again, it wasn't on talent. It was more of the eye appeal. But Sable, Sable was a huge thing that came out, uh, you know, for women's wrestling at that time. Again, she was their champ and she was the face of women's wrestling for, you know, in that 90s era. But again, it was just very hard to kind of cut and and pick around who's going here. Beth Phoenix, Natalia, all wonderful women's talent. You know, that it's just like, wow, you know, they're they're up there, definitely up there, but right on the cusp. But it was really hard list to come about. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there was hard cuts around all around, and those are really great names that you mentioned that yeah, unfortunately we just just couldn't fit all of them in. You know, I mean that's that's the thing with all these lists that we make. There's going to be tough cuts, and those were definitely some tough cuts we had to make. So, yeah, there we go. I mean, I I like the way the list shook out, um, and like I said, there's a lot of great talent that couldn't make it, but that doesn't diminish anything. I think, you know, I think we had a pretty stellar list, even though Trish Stratus wasn't as high as you feel she should have been. I feel that, too. It's, I feel that too. It's something. It's something that I feel is, and, and it's a great thing that I feel this way is that women's wrestling is just expanding and it's going to become even more popular, and it's going to be carrying wrestling for a very long time. I mean, we just had the amazing Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa match a couple weeks ago, where that unsexed, yes. holy shit, fantastic match. You know, like you're talking about all all over. You know, social media that everyone's just talking about a women's wrestling match. That's like, Holy crap. Did you see that? Did you see that? It's really hard in the past to have a women's wrestling match that everyone would say that. But now, nowadays it's just like, Hey, did you see that? Wasn't that fantastic? It's great. You know? And it's just like, I feel like there's more and more to come. You know, the Japanese women that are in AEW are fantastic. Again, TNA, uh, Jordan Grace to me is going to be a special talent. You know, she, she's just up there. You don't really see her much, uh, but she, she's another one that's just fantastic to watch. Britt Baker is going to be special. Uh, there's just a lot of women wrestlers out there that are just going to keep up and coming, coming about. And, and yeah, it's, it's definitely great for women's wrestling. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, that's the list for this week. Um, like we do every week though, we have a match of the week coming up. Uh, you know, if these are suggestions that we make for you guys out there who are listeners to uh, watch in the meantime, in between time, in between our next episode. Uh, Bob, let's start with you. What do you have as your match of the week this week? Again, this this one was hard because, um, you know, there, there was a lot of people that, like I said, got, got overlooked. Um, so I wanted to kind of come up with different matches. Uh, one of the names I forgot to mention earlier too was Molly Holly. Molly Holly was super special and I'm happy for her getting inducted into the hall of fame because she deserves it. But one of the names too yeah. that, that, I mean, we mentioned her briefly earlier, but she didn't make the list. Uh, Mickey James, Mickey James was a special, special talent uh, again that could wrestle and she's still out there wrestling now. But, uh, to me, my match was, uh, Mickey James and Trish Stratus at WrestleMania 22, um, they put on a hell of a match for women's wrestling that, you know, if, if you talk to people and say, Hey, list out some of your favorite women's wrestling matches, you know, I'm sure a lot of people that follow the sport really well, will tell you Mickey James and Trish Stratus WrestleMania two was a fantastic match. So that's my match to watch. Uh, check it out. Definitely a great one. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to put in my match of the week. It may not be, you know, technically one of the best matches, 
of all time. There have definitely been better technical matches, but just for its importance, I had I, I have to suggest as in my match of the week. That's the the like we mentioned earlier, the three way um, WrestleMania main event mm-hmm. between Charlotte, Ronda Rousey, and Becky Lynch. I mean, to have a women's match main event a WrestleMania mm-hmm. is just you know that's history. It is history to have your match be the last match, the main event at the biggest wrestling show of the year. That just shows you how far women's wrestling has come. Cause even in the best of times before this, you would never imagine a woman's wrestling match headlining WrestleMania, but they did it, you know? And like I said, the, the match itself wasn't great. It was good. Wasn't great, but I, it, that's not what's important. It's the history aspect. And, you know, and it's, like I said, it's a, it's a good match. So go back, watch that. The triple threat main event of WrestleMania between Becky Lynch, um, Charlotte Flair, and Ronda Rousey. That's my match of the week. What I, what, All right. what I like about that match is the, uh, the storytelling leading up to that match. Cause uh, yes, if if you remember, Becky wasn't even supposed to be in that match at first. You know, like they they kept Vince Vince McMahon kept trying to screw her out of it and stuff like that. And then uh, just the storylines and the storytelling that they told to get there was just fantastic. And the match itself, yeah, it's 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 a first. You know, because again, this is Vince's baby, uh, WrestleMania, and and to have that as the main event definitely well deserved, uh, especially with the women that were a part of it. Uh, Ronda Rousey, I don't know. Um, there's been better, but <laughs> I, yeah, uh, just the fact of what it was is, is something, uh, iconic for the women's wrestling division. And, and I'm glad it occurred. Yeah. And I, I'm glad you brought up the storytelling. Cause I remember on that go home raw before that WrestleMania, the three of them had that backstage brawl. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where they all got, you know, got they had to be separated and they all got arrested and they were all like, just kicking their way out of the, out of the cop cars and shit. It was, it was, it was, it was something else, man. That was, that was some good shit, but yeah, there we go. Those are our matches of the week. All right. Well, that's another episode in the books, folks. Thanks again for listening to us. We, we appreciate all the support. Um, we'd love to get in contact with you guys. We'd love to interact. Uh, you could drop us a line at our email address as always. Uh, our email address is enhancementtalent316 at gmail.com. Again, that's enhancementtalent316 at gmail.com. Uh, you can go on there and, uh, you know, just drop us a line, have any comments, suggestions, questions, whatever. We'll read them on the air. Also, uh, you can look us up on Facebook. We have a Facebook fan page for the show. Just look up Enhancement Talent. You can join us. Or, uh, you know, get an invite to, to join, um, you know, me, Bob and Adam, all three of us are admins on the page. So we all take a look at it. If anybody posts anything and we'll interact with you that way as well. All right. Well, like I said, that's another episode in the books. Thanks everybody for listening. Any, uh, any parting words, Bob? Um, no, just as always, thank you for, uh, for following us, for giving us your feedback. Uh, for supporting us, for sharing us on Facebook, liking us. It, it does. It means a lot, especially, uh, you know, 
we, we do this because we're having fun. Uh, we enjoy what we do, but uh, it's, it's, it's not because of the support, like just the support that we have behind it is one of the main reasons that we do it. So it, it definitely means a lot to us for that. So I, I appreciate everyone that, uh, that helps us out. Yeah, most definitely. All right. Well, again, for the other half of uh, the fabulous Lopez cousins, Dr. Bob Lopez, I'm Tony Lopez, and we will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening.